in general, anything that is already pretty and already attractive can still be made to be more personal. What you're doing when you book services and when you book goods for your event is not necessarily just looking at how pretty it is, but you also want to identify opportunities to customize it and make it feel very bespoke. You are cordially indicted. Welcome to The Courthouse, a place where we walk the line between couples planning their biggest day ever and the professionals who make it happen. Meet your counsel and co-host, Rachel Willis, a wedding planner, and Kelsey Williams, a wedding designer. The world is evolving and weddings are no exception. Navigating this industry can be as challenging as it is rewarding, and there's a lot of information out there. We're here to set the record straight and give our best counsel as you plan for the big day, no matter which side you're on. We're going to give it to you straight. This is a safe place for honest conversations surrounding potentially controversial topics in the wedding world. Be prepared for some strong opinions and harsh truths, but above all, a desire to bring clarity to an otherwise enigmatic industry. Feel free to reach your own verdict. And remember, we don't mean to judge. Allegedly. I know. Hi, Rachel. (laughs) Hi. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode two. Oh God, I not yes. I can't get into the habit of saying that. I don't want to do the count. I know it. It's exciting because you know we're now that we're starting. It's like yeah, episode one, two, but like we plan to die on these microphones. So it's good. <laughs> Bury me with my microphone, please. Yes. We're gonna be mid episode and in like our hundreds and. <laughs> You have some lofty goals for my life expectancy. <laughs> I, my great grandmother lived to be 101. So I'm, I'm set. Again, you have lofty goals <laughs> for my life expectancy. I'm just going to do the podcast like with like some sort of, I don't know, with with an urn. <laughs> Maybe holograms will be invented. Well, we'll see. Not invented, but perfected by then. Mm-hmm. Affordable wow. for every person. Already off track. Great. Hi. Welcome back, everyone. (laughs) Welcome back to this. (laughs) What a good time. Okay. We are going to, we're trying a new format today. We're going to kind of give you guys an idea of what this episode's going to entail on the front end. And then, you know, maybe it's a bad idea because what if they hear what we're going to talk about and then they're like, I'm good. And then they just don't listen. (laughs) Well, I guess if they like just literally like close their eyes and clicked on an episode without reading the description. I mean, if by the time you've gotten here, hopefully the episode has seemed like it would be of interest to you. And there's always going to be a little bit of um sauce. So I think that even if it sounds like a boring topic, trust me, it's we're not going to make it boring. We're going to make it worth your time. We are because we're entertaining girlies. Um, Our episode is about the theme has become we can do better. That is a common thing that we have found ourselves saying periodically in regards to just details in general. And overall, there are areas where everyone can improve, clients and vendors alike. Vendors definitely are guilty of certain details, not having the attention that they deserve. So this is a good episode for for everybody. We are encouraging a stop. We are issuing a cease and desist to complacency in weddings. We think that (laughs) everyone can 
uh, provide an experience for themselves and for those attending their event that is not necessarily always over the top, but at least at the very minimum personalized and unique to each individual client. Yes. Super exciting. Super exciting stuff. Um, But before we get into all that, we had a little bit of housekeeping. We're going to do like a little recap of our lives just because, you know, that's how we are going to make this personal so you can get to know us so that you become emotionally attached and then... Mm -hmm you know, all the, all the relationship forming things, but first things first, we are aware of the audio figure outing that we need to do. This is our attempt at a different system. Hopefully it works. And it's a little bit more clear when we laugh because it sounded like turkeys whenever we would laugh on the other episode. <laughs> one thing, one, one thing about us is we gonna laugh. Okay. Gonna laugh. So it's going to happen um, often. And it you may guys... just, it, it may just come down to whenever you hear gobbling, just insert us <laughs> laughing because we're going to laugh. So, yeah, um, but we're going to laugh. Also, if you're even, if you're aware of what we're talking about, thank you for listening to episode one. Um, you, you will know what, what, we're, what we mean when we say this, basically um, we did episode one and did our audio in a certain way that resulted in overwhelming the microphone. So we are making a valiant attempt to not overwhelm the microphone this time. And we'll just see how it goes. Um, The crazy thing about podcasts is something that we're learning too. We don't get to hear how it sounds until we're already done. <laughs> no one, <laughs> it, it's common sense, right? But we we will do, as you know, you know, we did our entire first episode and don't know where that went. And you don't know that something like that is happening until you've already invested the time in the recording. So we know now and we are working on it and it's our first podcast. So just bear with us and stick around because I'm sure a lot of these things will be cleaned up in the future. Hopefully right now. We're getting there. We're getting there. And then we, once we get there on just us, we get to figure it out again when we start bringing on guests. Absolutely. That will be very soon. We're super excited about that. Y'all please stick around because we have some fun personalities and really good friends that are going to share the mic with us and talk about some really cool things and laugh with us too. And we'll get to overwhelm a microphone with three people's laughter. See how that goes. Guest council members. Yes. Guest witnesses. Calling witnesses calling to, to the, the stand. stand. Absolutely. Yes. So, so yeah, that's that's our uh, housekeeping note. Um, so recap of this past week for both of us. I think I had a really good week. We experienced the glory that was the Rihanna Super Bowl halftime performance. We were in the same household, went to Rachel's and were so graciously hosted by Rachel and Jonathan, her husband. Had some delicious wings made by Jonathan. Because mm-hmm. if there's one thing Jonathan knows, it's how to throw something on his smoker. He knows how to, he knows his way around a smoker. And <laughs> it was delicious. We had a moment where we looked down at our spread. We had spinach and artichoke dip from Central Market. If you're not from Texas, Central Market is a grocery store of like specialty gourmet foods. Uh, we also... <laughs> put together a charcuterie board from Italy, which is does exist around the country. But my boyfriend, Sam, works at Italy here in Dallas. So that was our contribution. 
and we had the smoked wings and these like really good homemade potato wedges by Rachel. And we were like, look at our spread right now. <laughs> it's so bougie. <laughs> it's supposed to be pizza and like, I was you like, know, I see sports I've, day fair. Yeah. Like I've seen people's setups of their Super Bowl table with like a jar of Tostitos. <laughs> Queso. <laughs> I like some refrigerator, like French onion dip. And I think it's worth noting. There's nothing wrong with that. I will. Like, I'll, I will on go some French to onion town dip. on a French onion dip. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So, but we had some, I was like, this is so on brand. This is so on brand for us. Like it's the Super Bowl. What should we have? Okay, I'll just build a quick charcuterie board, and Jonathan will smoke some wings. <laughs> it was great. We loved it, and Rihanna was a vision. She was a vision. She, she was phenomenal. You can see some of our thoughts on the <laughs> entertainment on our most recent post, as of right now, at least. Uh, we did a little bit of memeing, and we're very pleased with ourselves. We're so I periodically go back to look at how funny we are because it's just <laughs> we did so well those memes are great I think we are just we're a great source for comedy surprise cordially indicted is now a meme account <laughs> specifically for gotcha. wedding stuff <laughs> wedding memes for sure wedding and memes. thanks to all the wedding pros that interacted and resonated because it's just good to know you're not alone it's validating, honestly, like, cause I know, well, I think that I'm funny and I like to think funny. Of, think that I'm funny, but it's not until we actually have something like that happen and people repost it and think that it's funny also that it actually makes me feel better. Um, we'll try to keep those coming as pop culture events occur. Um, just see mm-hmm. where, see what type of wedding business we can glean from mm-hmm. those things. But it just was a, a good Super Bowl. The whole it thing was, was good. It was a good game. It was a good mm-hmm. halftime show. It was just all around what you want for a national holiday. Yes, absolutely. Really enjoyed it. I did not have a horse in the race this time around. I'm a Saints girl. Will be, will always be, have always been. So, you know, you'll see me have more of an opinion when the Saints come marching in again. Uh, Rachel, of course, is affiliated with the Cowboys I had franchise. A, yeah. <laughs> As one does if you grow up within a two mile radius of Dallas proper. Or so, I guess actually it's a big way bigger radius than that. Just kidding. It is a bigger radius because my grandfather from Mississippi, arguably much closer to New Orleans than Dallas, Texas, is a Cowboys fan. <laughs> It'd be like that though. So that's quite a range. That's, that's a, America's football team. <laughs> Sure. We're going to get canceled just for that alone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Not me. Anywho. So yeah, that was a fun, it's been a fun week. Uh, we have some fun things going on this upcoming week. I'm super excited. I'm headed to New Orleans on Saturday for Mardi Gras. I have not been to Mardi Gras in, I think it's been over 10 years. I think I've not been to Mardi Gras in 12 years, even though I am a New Orleans transplant here in Dallas. So I'm just super pumped to go and experience it and be a part of the unique and wonderful culture that you can only be a part of in New Orleans. So happy for you. Thank you. I will sadly not be able to attend at this point. I just haven't even the flights situation. Mm. They are something else right now. They really are. And it's like a wonder if you get off the ground these days. 
Very true. And then if you get off the ground, you make it back down. Did your luggage make it? Did. And you know what? I can't be traipsing around New Orleans in. But it's Mardi Gras. So technically right now, if there ever was a time. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> to have minimal clothing. Jeez, you know, no. Hey. <laughs> the most minimal. No. Um, yeah, it is a big, it's a, it's been a lot of things on my end as well. All good things. Well, mostly good things. I have some family stuff happening, which I won't dive into. Um, but there's some, you know, client stuff, which has all been good. I have two amazing weddings coming up. So I'm just in preparation for that. I did get my lips blush, which not very important, but it does make me feel fancy. Um, I also got brows laminated. So like we're just in transition to becoming our most baddie self on my end. Super excited. We love that. We love that. Some self-care, you know, you turn Mm -hmm. 30, you actually care. I was going to say, give a shit. (laughs) Well, someone put an explicit rating on our podcast. I did. And so it wasn't me. (laughs) Although there may be like one cuss across three episodes. (laughs) You know, that one, again, don't cancel For everyone, <laughs> Kelsey cuffs, there's like 18 Rachel cusses. That's <laughs> fine. Oh, okay. So yeah, good things all around overall, that like the majority, but um, I'm excited that we're, we're here recording episode two. We have decided we will be releasing episodes every other Thursday mm-hmm. in the morning. And that we seems have like a structure. We have structure. It seems like a good day to do things because everyone seems to release things on Wednesday. And if there's one thing that we're gonna do, it's not the same not thing that everybody else, else does. Doing. Yeah. So and Thursday is Friday Eve, you know, we're gonna be that last little push to get you to the weekend, I think. Yes. That's hopefully, yes. And it's really, I think it could be really nice to get some an infusion of wedding hot topics and some things to maybe put in the back pocket as you enter into your wedding rehearsals on Fridays and wedding days on Saturdays and Sundays and things of the sort. Maybe you'll learn something that you can take with you. See if you can implement some of this. <laughs> I'm speaking about it like it's holy knowledge. <laughs> I mean, it is. There you go. And there you have it. So without further ado, do now here's Maybe there is a little bit further I'm going to do. Our disclaimer, which Rachel has so graciously offered to keep reciting and try to get faster and faster every time. You didn't do it super, super fast last time. So I think that this time you still have a little, there's a little bit of wiggle room there. Okay. Yes. And this is, if you haven't listened to our disclaimer episode, this is just our little our little blurb that we'll say as a friendly reminder to not cancel us, but um, here we go. Rachel and Kelsey will have differing opinions from time to time, as will you. The intent of the pod is not to offend, but to inform and educate as to how your decisions affect not just the professionals involved, but you, your partner, your family, and everyone affiliated with the success of your wedding. We know this is emotional. Weddings are emotional. As always, we welcome you to make your own judgment. And these are just our opinions to garner an open discussion. Boom. And now... This episode is officially called to order. Our topic today is we can do better. What we mean when we say that is that we have to stop saying as specifically clients, um, also sometimes vendors, though, 
that nobody pays attention to X as a justification to not put effort into X. There are many reasons why people may or may not pay attention to things. Sometimes they genuinely, you know, don't notice or it feels superfluous to them. They're there for the bar. They're here for the food. (laughs) You know, reasons vary. But we here at Cordially Indicted and in our own personal businesses tend to believe that every single moment of a wedding or event is an opportunity for something extraordinary why not you know um why why not be extra why not be personal why not be something really special on the most special day so we just have also noticed that it seems like people can get very complacent and this goes across the board between clients and vendors because clients, you're attending a lot of weddings, right? Like at this age group, you're probably accustomed to the phenomenon that is wedding season, <laughs> spelled S-Z-N. And vendors, you know, we have our we have our wedding seasons too. And it can be very easy to just start to rotate and coast, coast and just start to kind of feel like you're pumping these events out. So, <laughs> um, you know just really being mindful of every single event as not just another event, but a very personal reflection of your client and somebody's most important event. Absolutely. Clients think of this as the most important day that you have to be a representation and a reflection of your true and authentic selves and your love story that really needs to shine through you should want it to shine through, I think, um, on this day that celebrates your love story. And if you don't, then there's this lovely little place called City Hall that might just be more appropriate. Like if you don't care about any of the pomp and circumstance, hot take, you don't have to have a wedding. You can definitely get married. But like if the details, if all this big stuff is not appealing, I am officially giving you permission to not have to have a wedding wedding per se absolutely a marriage is also at the end of it even if you do decide to have a wedding your marriage and the life that you build after your wedding day is the most important thing and it's really the reason we're all gathered we just happen to think that marriage is such a fantastic sacred bond that if you're going to choose to celebrate it you know go ahead and celebrate it yes don't Let's don't do hold it. back on that. Here's something that we would like to see change. When people say, you don't have to do much to X. X is going to be the placeholder for any given thing that you have at a wedding. Um, we have a specific idea in mind for the, the vendor that is typically thought of in this way, but we'll get to that a little bit later. In general, anything that is already pretty and already attractive can still be made to be more personal. What you're doing when you book services and when you book goods for your event is not necessarily just looking at how pretty it is, but you also want to identify opportunities to customize it and make it feel very bespoke, which for that's that's I guess that's a that's one of those wedding terms that maybe not everyone knows bespoke just being a 
um, personalized and just curated, curated and detailed way of creating something that makes it feel more niche. It makes it feel more specific to a certain application. The application in this case being, again, you as a couple, your love story, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. When you see something and it looks great, think about how to elevate it in a way that it doesn't necessarily just look good, but it feels good and it feels like you. That's kind of part part A. Uh, Rachel, do you want to spearhead part B? Part B. Or maybe A, <laughs> part A, subsection. Subsection, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Um. Yeah, we just, and I think this was born of us hearing this this phrase fairly commonly. Oh, you don't have to do much to dot, dot, dot. You don't have mm-hmm. to do much, period. I hear, heard this a lot from the venue side. And I think we even still today will hear things hear this come up more when we're talking about where the venue what the venue is or when we're venue shopping Mm -hmm. and I understand why people's brains go to that at first but the reality is you can't I mean you can okay you can but should you use that as a justification to not have a well-balanced event on other things so for example And we lightly touched on this last episode when people go venue poor because they invest a lot of money in a venue thinking that it can just stand on its own two feet completely by itself. Some places kind of can and you don't have to do as much to it. But for the most part, you still have to bring in something to make it your own, make it personalized, make it feel homey and welcoming and having that spin and huh? like differentiate it from the other weddings that have happened in yeah. that venue. If you just, you know, enter the venue and have a wedding and leave, then <laughs> there's nothing differentiating your wedding from any other wedding that's been there or any other wedding that will occur there. Mm-hmm. And again, if that's okay with people, then there are definitely venues that kind of fit that MO a little bit better than others. But there are some venues where it just does make sense to, you got to bring in something to kind of just tailor it a little bit more is all. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to clarify that venues are gorgeous. Most of the venues that we interact with and that we worked with, we love them. They are stunning venues. They were either built to be stunning or they have a historic charming character, which is something that I am obsessed with personally. I love like a historic venue that mm. isn't necessarily built out. It's got like that history. You, you think about your gorgeous historic hotels or there are even beautiful post offices and ex courthouses and banks and museums and places of that nature that have so much beauty and refinement to them just on their own and you truly do feel like you could walk in and not do a thing and it would still be pretty that is not what we're discussing the the venues are gorgeous we want to challenge you to think outside of the box a little bit and take the venue from just a pretty place to be to feeling like a warm and inviting space that you're going to welcome your guests into the whole wedding is an experience Not just, oh, everybody come watch us get married and look around and talk about how pretty this room is, but you really want to feel that there's just a certain type of, there's just a certain intimacy that I think 
you're looking for when it comes to the atmosphere of your wedding. Yes. And those things can be accomplished through multiple means. Something that you really need to be careful about. And again, you know, just never knocking any way that anyone chooses to approach their planning and approach their design. We're speaking to people who do really care about these details and who do really want to have a wedding that sets apart their story from someone else's. But something that you need to be aware of is things that are probably things that tend to be included as part of services with a vendor that you have already signed on with. It may be tempting to just grab these things as a package deal because that's the way it's being presented to you. But in our market particularly, and I'm sure the majority of markets that we're reaching here, you can elevate, upgrade, change, swap out, and make exceptions for things that would add value and aesthetic to your event that are not necessarily included in what the venue offers or included in what the caterer offers or what have you. There are things that you can totally just take for what they are and just call it a day, but really challenge yourself to identify those opportunities to bring it up a notch. We can do better. We can do better. Yeah. All the... And we do have this little short list of things that kind of came to mind as far as that things that can be improved upon in general. But we wanted to touch on some of those items that are often overlooked because in most cases, people don't actually invest in them. So whenever, <laughs> whenever linens, for example, tablecloths, you, we actually usually find Oftentimes there's a little bit more resistance in investing in tablecloths and linens because everyone says, well, no one ever pays attention to that. Well, does nobody pay attention to it? Or was it because you were given the same linen or tablecloth that they use at Maggiano's that you've seen over and over and over again? Right. I think that the point that I have made on multiple fronts is there's many things that people say no one cares about. And it's like these very official (laughs) sanctimonious, like very sweeping statements and I think a lot of times we have allowed things to fall to the wayside and to be unmemorable. And so they're not memorable. Like if you didn't do something that would stand out to someone, if you didn't do something or show them something that would create a memory or that they would remember, then they're probably not going to remember it. And then we're perpetuating this like cycle of, well, we well, didn't. No one cares. Yeah. Well, no one cares, but and then you think no one cares, so you don't put effort into it. And you, since you didn't put effort into it, no one cared. So it's cyclical. It's a vicious it, cycle. It's a very vicious cycle. And the thing is, the moment you put effort into it, people do notice and people mm-hmm. do care. It's something that immediately changes the look and the feel of your event. Lin- linens being tablecloths in this case. We got a note on our last episode that linens could mean a variety of things, but we've whittled it down to just tables in the event industry. So in an, in an effort to make this palatable and, and digestible for everyone, we'll try to be more specific. So tablecloths are what we mean by linens in this case. And napkins. And napkins, that's true too. Any kind of linen or fabric product that uh, contributes. So runners, um, I guess anything except for draping anything fabric except for like draping yeah but in in any event linens are one of those things that if you make it blend in if you make it disappear it's going to disappear it's going to do just that 
if you are in an all white ballroom or an all white warehouse or something that you put all white polyester linens into, it's just going to fade. If you give your tables a beautiful raw linen or something velvet, something that has like a just a gorgeous pattern or something even very subtle or texture. Exactly. Tone on tone texture is one of my favorite design tricks, plays, whatever you want to call it in my design handbook. I love if the linen is all white, but when you're actually seated at the table as a guest and you notice there's a subtle floral embroidery or there's some sort of geometric thing happening. And these are the details that when, when your guests are actually enjoying their meal or enjoying the company of others they're noticing those things and they're feeling really immersed in the details that you selected for your day yes the linens are one of my favorite things to design with and play with and pick out and some days I will whip out my my bbj latavla or my nuage sample books Mm -hmm. and just fling linen samples all over the place and make different combinations it can be a fun jumping off point too Yes. Sometimes when I'm stuck, I'll go through my linen swatches and just like find linens that I think would work with the color palette. And those will inspire some kind of additional step. And then I'm like, oh, you know what would look good with this? This kind of couch or this lighting fixture or this kind of flower or this bud vase, whatever it is. It just, they can, I love linens. I love them so much. I can go off on linens for a while, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So linens definitely underrated. Um, something that people think that people don't pay attention to. But again, if you invest in them, it really rounds out the whole design and can have a big impact on how everything looks. Um, The second one. (laughs) Yes. The second one that people often don't think about because it's such a huge thing that you actually want to see typically included to some capacity at your venue is chairs. The hard goods, the tables and chairs, your cocktail tables or high boys or whatever they're called in your region, those types of things, you, it, it can, it's understandable because if you don't have to rent in hard goods like tables and chairs, and that's a line item that you don't have to worry about incorporating into your overall budget. However, we're not saying completely that you necessarily have to rent or swap out the chairs just be mindful of what chairs come with your venue all chairs are not created equal nothing is created equal in this industry but before I digress on that or I should digress on that before I go off on another tangent we'll do an episode just especially for that (laughs) Um, the chairs they are surrounding your tables with the tablecloths and honestly anything that happens in mass in mass you that's an important thing so if you have something that is unattractive, grungy, just not giving, that is going to be multiplied and amplified so much because if you have 200 people at your wedding, you have 200 grungy chairs strewn about your room not and even placed necessarily, around tables. Not even necessarily grungy, but I mean, yes, grungy, but like sometimes a chair just doesn't go with the aesthetic that you want. Like yeah. it's, at worst, it's grungy at, at best. Sometimes a chair is just not what is not contributing well to a design. Yeah. Cause like, I think the, the current most popular culprit is the gold shivari because so Mm. many venues have them and they're chosen because they're thought of as a neutral, but I've had weddings where we have not a single element of gold 
And it just doesn't work as the only gold piece in the whole design or silver. If we decide we want to go with silver and then you've got the only gold chairs, they kind of throw off the whole look. So it just kind of depends. It's not always necessarily that the chairs are ugly. <laughs> in some right. cases, that is the if case. If they but... are, please, I'm begging. <laughs> Consider. If they are ugly. Have the Consider an upgrade. <laughs> to to yes. accept that the chair is ugly. And then budget appropriately that that needs to be replaced. Um, there are different, I mean, there's so many different options among all of the rental companies so you can usually find something out of the you know copious amount of options that we have here yeah. um so yeah not even just the color like a lot of times too like you're completely spot on about the color sometimes a shivari chair which is for us the bamboo-esque very kind of narrow chair that is popular among weddings sometimes it just isn't the right the glam style. or the yeah there's just the style of it that that style is not going to be as on point for something that is maybe a little more on the industrial side or um, something that's more got a clean minimalist clean line look it's it's more of a glam ballroomy feel to it so even if you have gold in your wedding, that sometimes a gold shivari isn't the right chair for the the vision that you have. Just, but you know, sometimes a gold shivari is perfect. Sometimes yeah. it's exactly what you sometimes need. Sometimes it is exactly what you need. And I swear, also, you know, if so we're gonna, someone's going to come after us saying that ah, the chairs that they were talking about are the chairs at my wedding, and now I have to. Ju-. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Just you don't have to change it. You don't realistic have to be about it. yeah what the actual. Like if, if the chairs go with the wedding or not, and if they don't, do you have the budget to make them go with your wedding or just anything in mass basically that's going to be throughout your wedding? Just, you know, take a moment, see if that's something that you can work with to enhance the vision that you're going for or come to terms with the fact that it may take away from the vision that you're going for. Flexibility flexibility call back to last episode yes ma'am <laughs> so speaking of things that are already included with your venue already included with your caterer there are various vendors that will sometimes offer you things as a package some of these things what we kind of figured out is that it is not as hard it's not always as hard as you may think to do the upgrade sometimes you can with less effort than you think, create something or rent something, introduce something that is just a little bit of a cut above and that makes a huge impact. But I think it can be kind of daunting and feel scary when it's your first time planning a wedding. You've been presented with this option that is all done and tied up in a bow for you. You could just take it and it could be done. And it kind of gives you the idea that you doing it yourself would be this complete like challenge um it it it's important to consider that you know just look into things just look into what your options may be so much of wedding planning and wedding design for me at least is letting my clients know that certain things are possible and the it's like their world opens up when you show them that 
this exists or you just are getting to know them, something that Rachel and I do are just really get to know them, what they enjoy, their favorite places to shop, favorite foods, things that you wouldn't necessarily consider important to uh, wedding design, but it really does influence a lot of things and it helps us to kind of create an idea, have ideation about certain things that we know exist or know where to start in our research to provide couples with options that suit their tastes and that they probably would not have just known on their own do exist, but we either know or we know how to find it or we know how to make it happen. Yes. I think one of our (laughs) things that we've recently been doing is when we share between our weddings, we will, (laughs) I don't know why we do this. We would be able to get it by people's names, but you know, I'll tell Kelsey about some of the weddings that I have. And rather than telling them my couple's names, I refer, some of them, I refer to like the inspiration that I pulled their design from. So like, yeah. Oh, my restoration hardware wedding. <laughs> yep. Or Tulum wedding, Tulum wedding, you know, and it's Tulum wedding. Yep. so funny. Cause like you say things like that though. And like, visually we can immediately start thinking about like what that wedding's going to look like. And from a design perspective, like already start thinking about when I'm talking about those couples, the personalities start to kind of like fill in the gaps of what goes with the wedding that we already kind of have a visual for because of those descriptors. So anyway, that's kind of a fun thing that we have going on. It's not because we wouldn't remember the names. It's just kind of fun to refer to when we're talking back and forth and we're discussing some of the visuals and whatnot it's just kind of easier to refer to you know the overarching aesthetic that's happening for that wedding yeah it's super fun too because it gives me or you whoever the person's client is and whoever's assisting who I feel like I actually kind of know them and I know of them I know what they like I know what their taste is it gives me insight into who they are as people not just two last names like smashed together and getting married like great we do understand that you your name has a lot to do with your identity but instead of referring to it as the smith jones wedding it's the people who are who love cholula hot sauce <laughs> yes you know it's the people <laughs> for you and me it's it's the people who loved magnolias and so we built a magnolia garden for them and it's it's those types of things that immediately make it more personal personal and personable and if it has that type of impact on us just kind of like throwing these things back and forth imagine the ways that having a solid motif or theme or something that influences your wedding that has to do with your personality those types of things resonate and become memorable and become things that people care about and that they remember to. and mm-hmm. pay attention to about your wedding so just think about that mm-hmm. Just just keep that in mind. Just because you think people don't pay attention to it, they probably will if you put effort into it. Something else that is that needs to be said is kind of to our point of what <laughs> did people, if people aren't paying attention to things, you think people aren't paying attention to things. Sometimes it's not even that it was unmemorable. You have to be honest with yourself, you know, come to Jesus a little bit about certain things. Y'all, if you serve nasty cake at your, your wedding, if your food was dry or bad and you say, oh, well, no one really cared about it. No one really liked it. Is that the case? Or was it like actually a problem? <laughs> was it 
was it taking <laughs> as it were just or and this doesn't necessarily necessarily need to apply to your own wedding sometimes you went to a wedding and the food was nasty or you mm. went to a wedding and something was just like like just out of pocket so don't let those i'm saying that to say don't let those things like spoil your ability or spoil your fun and you can invest in delicious upscale food a gorgeous plated dinner or some fun stations just because you had a bad experience at you know wherever you were please take that as an opportunity and actually let it inspire you to do it much better yeah it's not that everybody didn't care about it 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 could it could be far worse (laughs) you may have polite guests who just are oh no it was lovely or I don't really remember that just to you know assuage we don't know but just take everything with a grain of salt really that's that's really the best approach in this whole deal take it all with a grain of salt remain flexible and don't be afraid to see if you can up the ante and make things a little more interesting yeah so we can do better um vendors there's some things y'all can do better on (laughs) I know that's right. <laughs> I mean, we can all always improve, right? Feedback is is the key to evolving. And yes, I like to yes, think sir. that I'm fairly decent at like providing feedback and information to people in a way that makes it a little bit easier to digest. But um, we have a little a little short list of things that it's just vendors help your clients be great. These are things that they're probably not going to think about. And it's incumbent upon us as vendors to do those things and create those moments that honestly, it's things that you don't see because it was done properly. They're they're not noticeable. But if you, we kind of have this saying, I think I said this with my mom once. If you dress up, if you look super tight and super polished, people may not notice or compliment or necessarily go out of their way to express their approval. But if you look like a slob or if you do something sloppy, they 100% will notice that. So keeping things polished and tight is great because you want to fade into the background. You want it to be a seamless experience. You almost want a wedding to feel like an illusion and like it just unfolds. So these are some things you can do to make sure that that is the case. Yes. These are just like small pet peeves. Number the number one is one that you started the crusade on. I did. Long time ago, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So whoever is providing the candles, I'm trying to be considerate of the fact that I know that things are different in different regions. Here in Dallas, it seems like the prevailing vendor that provides candles is your florist. Typically, florists are also in Dallas providing your candle stories and your your lighting from a candle perspective. Kelsey, what's a candle story? A candle story (laughs) (laughs) is a any concept that includes candles for your wedding decor. That can be for votives, uh, for tea light votive candles around a floral centerpiece. It can be a table that is comprised of exclusively candles at different heights and widths and sizes. Whatever candle situation is happening on each surface is your candle story. So please, for the love, <laughs> if 
I could get my florist to come together and use exclusively clear cup votives instead of the silver aluminum ones, especially if you're using these votives in a clear glass, that would be amazing. We would so love that. It's As a matter of so horrible whenever it's like a, a mercury glass mercury or like a or glass that you colored. can't really see through. Right. If it's dead clear though, like completely see through, even if it has a texture, like the ribbed votives that are kind of popular right now or something like bubbled or deckled or something like that, you can totally see, especially when the candle is lit, there's just a harsh silver that you can see through the cup and it takes away from the seamlessness. That is such an easy upgrade. As a matter of fact, I keep clear cup votives in my emergency kit in case there are any um, stragglers or just in case I'm I'm in a situation where silver cup votives have been provided, I will go through and swap them out <laughs> because it just makes such a difference in those clear glass uh, votive holders to just keep that streamlined, seamless, clear look um, across the board. So that's one. When I see that happen, I'm like, oh, somebody, somebody paid attention and made a point to make that an important detail, which makes it important to me. And I love Absolutely. that. And then That's- a step further from that, if I'm being honest, is using the right size. There's different sizes and lengths of candle that fit different holders better. Like certain tea lights are very, very small. And so they work best for like the teeny tiny itty bitty ones. But then they have bigger votives that can take a bigger tea light and you don't want to see the flame like at the very bottom, if that makes sense. I may be getting too specific here, but I think you need that's to submit even better. some evidence to the court. <laughs> I need a visual reference. I think we can do that. We, we, can, we can make that happen. So that's one. Just don't come at us for us. It doesn't mean that you're bad at your job if you do silver. It's just, you know, things that we notice that could be improved upon if you're looking to make a little bit more of an elevated look. Um, mm-hmm. That's one. This next one's one of mine. <laughs> Extension cords. Specifically where? I'm wondering what what um, could have <laughs> influenced this. Well, let me tell you. Um, one time, you know, when I worked at the gardens, the predominant color in nature is green. And mm. there was a vendor that brought an extension cord, which I was thrilled to see that they had done. However, it was orange and in the grass through the ceremony was an orange cord because everything else around it was green. So it kind of stuck out. So I would like to challenge vendors to, if you are somebody that requires, you know, power and it is, you know, potentially a place that you need to have an extension cord for or cords in general, actually, mm-hmm. Maybe just like take that extra step to see what your setting is like if you can and be proactive in trying to make your equipment and cords as subtle to the environment as possible. So if you're in a garden, it's either get green or black, that would be gorgeous. White venue, if we can get some white extension cords or white gaff tape and just wrap the cords so that you can't see it. Ah. The tape is huge. Here in Dallas, we are very, we're pretty big sticklers on 
the safety and logistics elements of events. And so in most venues, you're required to tape your cordage down so that people aren't tripping over it. So if you go to the trouble of getting the appropriate color of cord and then the color of tape is not <laughs> up to par, <laughs> then, you know, we've kind of missed the mark there. So <laughs> just think about all those things from that perspective. Again, it should be an illusion. It should feel seamless. It should be effortless. And the things that potentially take away from that illusion are things like this, like these little details. Just, you know, take that extra step because- there are certain things where it's like, I may not say something explicitly in the moment because like, what are you going to, what are you going to do whenever you're setting some of these things up? And it's like, okay, well, things are happening in 30 minutes. We can't just run to Walmart to go get some of these things. So it's one of those, like, don't draw attention to it. Hopefully nobody else notices because as planners and designers, we are more apt to notice some of these things. The general public may not, but you know, your great aunt Sally may be like, wow, those cords really stand out against that white wall, you know, whatever it is. Yes. So there are certain things where we may not say them in the moment, but we would love if, you know, just that extra step could be taken proactively just makes things that much better. Yeah, for Um, sure. Yeah. So me cords, cords are painful for me. It can be really rough. It can be very, very rough. And like, I think as planners and people on site on a wedding day too, in general, we have to marry like our desire for everything to look perfect with a certain amount of efficiency. So sometimes we just know it's not efficient and not like a best use of our time to harp on these things. You know, the time it would take you to leave the venue and go get something suitable and come back, we know is not is not good at the expense of whatever we already have going on. So we just let it go. And in theory, that's something that we would figure out prior to the wedding day anyways. True. But we're just going to assume that this is a, an instance where that is not the case. Sure. 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 Well, my next contribution will be spandex linens and Rachel's addition to that was spandex anything. (laughs) (laughs) So tablecloths again is what we mean when we say linens. There are these like stretchy, elasticy linens that um, are sometimes used for primarily utility tables, utility tables being things like your buffet tables. If you have some sort of sign-in or registration for your event, this is more common for not a wedding. But other types of events sometimes will have a table out front for registration or things like that. There are small cocktail style tables that caterers use to bus tables and um, guests can pass by and set their empty glasses down and things like that. That's a huge place that we see the stretchy linens used. And it just is a linen that doesn't drape like naturally and whimsically off the table. It actually clings to every single part of the table. If there's a dent, if there's a screw, if the leg is wonky, you see it because the elastic (laughs) clings to everything. Sounds like me physically. Oh God. <laughs> elastic is not forgiving to anyone or anything. No one is safe from elastic. <laughs> so again, just things like that, creating those really harsh moments where a linen that just drapes is something that it really conceals. Even the worst of tables look amazing with a really good linen. There's a lot of things you can do on a pretty beat up table, to be honest, that 
if you cover it with the right type of linen with the right thickness that is not see-through you can get away with a lot so those they just kind of look funny to me I mean some people don't mind the look of them so I won't impose my opinion of their aesthetic on you I do think functionally they are just too revealing and unforgiving on most tables so that's that's my two cents on that oh chair covers chair covers can also be spandex mm. oh, that's chair covers that's it i can we just put can we just okay i'm adding it i'm adding <laughs> it <laughs> you'll find out what that means soon <laughs> oh god so down with spandex um okay linens that aren't floor length mm. you know <laughs> that just mm. If you are a vendor that knows your linens might not 100% hit on all sides, there's nothing that I find that there's nothing more gaslighting than when I'm in a reception space and I pull a linen to touch the floor, I walk away, I come back, and then I go by the same table and the linen's not touching the floor again and I adjust it and then I go do something and I come back. and then It's because it's, it's not- actual insanity. It's it's crazy and it makes me feel like an insane person because I am like, I adjusted this, right? I walked by this table, table two, I adjusted it. And then on some other side of the table, that linen is no longer touching the floor on the opposite side. So like, I just, I think an effort could be made for some of these included linens and even some of these companies or just maybe a linen or a tablecloth has just seen one too many weddings and it's shrunk or shrunk a little bit yeah something does happened. do that yes and something has happened to where they are not equidistant on all sides of the table and then i then have to make the decision of okay which side of the table gets the short side that's where is it going to be less obvious just like if we could just all come together and have <laughs> linens it's such the floor on all sides yes of the table it's I... the antithesis of what i just said about linens forgive a multitude of sins so if you don't even have that to cover your table like it's you can't you can't do anything with that you really want it to be completely touching the floor because it's not like in for example your dining room a lot of people use tablecloths that don't touch the floor they just kind of drape over the top but a dining room table is not the same thing as an event uh utility type of table those tables usually have metal legs that fold out the table is a wood or some sort of vinyl top and it really relies on being covered completely from top to bottom and you actually need it to hit the floor because otherwise those metal legs will peek out and it's very disruptive they aren't cute legs they aren't cute. They're there. It's a totally different type of table. So that is why it's important just to further clarify, aside from the fact that just a floor length linen and really just looks more elevated than something that is going half or a third of the way down. It it, it, it takes it from that. That's more of like a birthday party. Look to me. That, that's more of a like a backyard barbecue on a birthday party. Are you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, like when you throw it together and <laughs> You want if you want it to look really elegant and sweeping, and you want everything to look really like polished, upscale all the good things. Mm-hmm. Floor length linen really does give you that effect, and on top of that, it does serve a very logistical function of covering the folding metal legs 
of what are typically used as event tables. Yes. Yes. Indeed. I think that was one of the most popular things when um, Benefer's wedding came out, you know, Mm -hmm. Ben and Jennifer. Yes. So many people were noticing the linens not touching the floor and it was it wasn't even so much that you could see the legs on that specific picture but it just didn't look clean and as a when you're in a professional setting and one has to assume for a celebrity wedding especially I sure it just yeah it just doesn't look as complete doesn't look like Mm -hmm. somebody took the time to go look at it and mm-hmm. ensure that that detail was there. Correct. Anyways, so finally, what we want to just put out to the masses is where we can do better, where we can just do better in general. Color palettes should be more than two colors. A palette yes. insinuates a range, a wide range, and a variety of something. If you just have two, that's just a pair. <laughs> um. <laughs> Gone are the days of of your when. What are your wedding colors? Blush and bashful. <laughs> no, this <laughs> and this. A and B, white and blue, white and red, pink and this. All those things you can certainly use two colors as a jumping off point and inspiration for your palette. A shade, a, a multiple shades and multiple hues of one color paired with multiple hues of another color that is going to lead to that richness and that fullness and depth that you will you want to see and that the weddings that you probably admire have the reason is is that they did not just choose a pair of colors or like a a small set of colors and then apply that to every single element of the wedding Exactly, where everything is either one of those colors or the other of those colors, and there's no breakup or just blend. Really, you want to create blend, honestly. It doesn't have to be ombre necessarily, where it's going from like white to another color and then every shade in between, but you just want the colors to play well with each other, and you know, it doesn't have to be blush and gold and like every single thing every single plate, fork, napkin, flower was either blush or gold, or it doesn't have to be for the, we'll touch on this one later too, but for the fall, a popular combination has been burgundy and dark blue, or burgundy and navy, and everything is either burgundy or navy. You Or both. Or both, right. And then everything doesn't have to be both colors. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And I think it can be overwhelming if you do it that way. I think what you see on Pinterest a lot too, whenever they have those like color themed weddings and you go into, if like, if you were to go type those, yes, if you were to go type in, you know, burgundy and gold wedding, you'd probably find like 20 of those super long vertical graphics and each one of those graphics has all the elements of the wedding in it. And it just looks super red and gold. It's because they applied that very heavy handedly mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it's just very in your face. And it's super nothing heavy-handed. wrong with, again, a burgundy and gold wedding as your hero colors, but to help blend it and make it feel a little bit lighter and airier, think maybe adding like a little hint of blush 
maybe a little hint of an icy Tiffany blue, but like mm. a very faded Tiffany blue mm-hmm. as like a pop in like like a Tweety a flower. If you don't know what a Tweety a flower is, go look it up. It'll make sense. Um, <laughs> just yeah. like just ways that you can just kind of like add some unexpected things. Anyways, so color palettes in general, like we can do better than just two color duochrome. Even yeah. your your I'll I'll to continue on to what you just said, even if your goal is not to be light and airy, like those are some amazing ways to infuse some more balance in a light and airy way. If you are looking for that, like romantic, dark, royal, exquisite look, there are, it's still not accomplished necessarily by going so literal on everything being one or both of the colors. There's still depth and even color palettes. There was someone, I I want to give this person credit because it actually is one of the design kind of rules or mantras that I've kept with me that said, even an all white wedding has different shades of white. Mm-hmm. And that's, it gives it depth. Everything's yes. not just okay, here's a swatch and we're every single thing's going to be that swatch because it would all disappear into nothingness. It would all fade into each other. Even a wedding that has one color as the inspiration should have multiple shades of that one color. And that's where you create depth. You see like these all red rose, all red draping, red lighting, gorgeous events that I see like a lot of celebrities lean towards and they are interesting and beautiful and you can see every single thing in the room like how do you make something that everything is the same color how do you make anything in there stand out it's about the palette there's still a color palette even if they come to you and say we just want it all red you still have to make the color palette for that you're not off the hook on that you have to Think about the shades of red you're going to use, where it's going to be darker, where it's going to be lighter, what you're going to cast light on, what's going to have more shadow to it. And that's what's going to give it the depth that you want. So texture. Palettes are important and it doesn't matter how many colors are in it. You can have one or a (laughs) hundred. Please don't have a hundred colors. That's overwhelming. (laughs) You can have one to maybe up to eight or even I would say 10. I was going to say minor, minor about minor, usually eight. Yeah that that's kind of um at least to start with you're gonna honestly I would say a lot of times mood boards I think your mood boards do this too sometimes mine there's colors that we end up introducing that are implied they're not literally on the paper yes they just you know it's gonna work you think hmm what if we toss a little bit of that in there it's something adjacent or kind of like a sister to one of the colors in the palette so we should have a color episode that would be lovely Color should. I love it. Color, yeah. color theory, all those good things. All yes, the things. We're, we're passionate about colors. <laughs> you <laughs> can tell. Color. Um, yeah, we can gorgeous. do better, y'all. Let's help us do better. Help, help weddings be a help fun. each other be better. Yes, like they sh- it should be fun and personal. It should be an amazing, beautiful telling to those of those guests who are going to come to your wedding. Some of them are not going to know one or the other of you. And you want them to leave your wedding feeling like they do. You want them to come into an event where they maybe haven't met. They're they're the groom's friend, so they haven't met the bride. Or, you know, your significant other hasn't gotten a chance to interact with certain family members. Let them enter the space 
and feel at home and feel a part of your love story and get to know you through intentional decisions that you're making and ways that you are taking something that could be very basic, but elevating it, personalizing it and making it a little more fun and a little more, just a little more of a touch of you. And don't fall trapped to just because you think nobody pays attention to it. Ask yourself, does nobody pay attention to it? Or do they just not put the effort into it? Absolutely. All right. Well, okay. We have our first segment. Exciting segment. Exciting. It's a funeral. (laughs) We lay in something to rest. Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Our first segment that we are going to rotate is going to be our funeral segment. So as if you listen to our first episode, you will know that during this segment, we will be effectively for cordially indicted purposes, at least laying these things to rest. Today's, they've had their moment. They've, they've lived had their, their lives. A lot of time. This is an example of one that is not necessarily bad. Just, just exhausted. Just, she is tired. She has served us well. She has put in her time and paid her dues and it's time to let her rest. And her name is Eucalyptus Leaf. Yes, we are gathered here today to say goodbye and read the last will and testament of dearest Eucalyptus. Specifically, Silver Dollar Eucalyptus. Silver Dollar. <laughs> Eucalyptus, Sylvie. comma, Silver Dollar. <laughs> Sylvie. Yeah, she's she was really, really popular. She was at all the parties and all the hottest events circa 2008 to to 2000. I mean, she's still 18. around. Yeah, 2018 was probably the last big year for Eucalyptus. Um, Eucalyptus, Silver Dollar Eucalyptus is the, I will admit, she smells great. She's very fragrant, uh, very soothing, relaxing, kind of spa-like aroma. Um but I, it's the silvery kind of sagey sometimes. It almost gives off a silvery blue tone. And it's a very light and kind of snowy green um, as far as greeneries go. And it's a flat, very thin leaf on a stem that's kind of floppy, kind of a, a looser stem. It's not as stiff. Even the stem though, like the profile of the stem is very, depending on the direction that you hold it mm-hmm. is either very thin because it's all very unilateral or it is wide because it's, a it's super, a, it's like 2d. It's like a, it's, it's like a 2d a, leaf. It's a two dimensional stem of right. leaves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it only really works now as a very spare accent in a yes. bouquet or centerpiece, but like sparing, like as a, if that sagey color is kind of the, one of the hero colors, then it can definitely work. But I think as the main feature, she is no longer, she's no longer the star of the show. She can't carry the team as a runner anymore. And another thing we kind of thought about was that it, it doesn't hold because of the, the, the stem that we mentioned, it doesn't stand up on its own. It needs a lot of support and just just there's a lot going on with eucalyptus and again she really got us through some of the <laughs> the the times that so not i don't want to say our darkest times but certainly 
played a role in wedding design for a solid amount of years. Just more more reasons why I think it might be time to let her go. That's t- Let's say our goodbyes or light farewells. I'm sure it'll still pop up a little bit, but just, you know, I think in any case, whenever you're working with somebody that knows how to do any of these materials justice, that does change things, but right. yeah, she can't, she's, she's not the star anymore. I don't think so. Who is and the star? I think that textured greens are the star, right? Now. Yes. Things and and not just one, we're not just doing, it's kind of the same thing as color palettes are more than just two colors a greenery palette is more than just one like you you're going to have like a a variety of different types shapes colors textures all that good stuff in your greenery if you're going to have what I think is going to be a very dynamic arrangement in your florals Um, this goes for bouquets this goes for tables this goes for even tables that only use greenery and no blooms. If you're doing a greenery table with candlelight only, um, if you're doing greenery runners along um, a long banquet style table, I think variety is the spice of life in this case. Very agreed. Very, very agate. <laughs> very agated variegated green <laughs> those are fantastic i said it like five times earlier and had no problem <laughs> once you hit the record button variegated greens are awesome so variegated are the greenery that have some sort of tinge or element of white or a lighter green or something like that you'll see we were struggling to come up with specific names but kind of felt like it was actually best to leave it a little more vague so that people could remain creative and not necessarily name a new it girl as such and and run her into the ground (laughs) (laughs) just research you research tweetia and variegated greens today that's your homework there's your homework there's your homework and they're really gorgeous and they can add a lot of dimension where it's not just becoming a sea of green and then these pops of flowers in there the greenery is actually contributing to the color story and the texture and depth of any given arrangement. So variegated is really cool. Um, a really popular one is Smilax, which you've probably already seen. Anytime there is a heavy amount of greenery in a ceiling installment or um, as a backdrop or something like that, typically when you're seeing that like viney bulk style greenery, that is going to be Smilax. And that is a really useful and sturdy green (laughs) so it actually gets you in a a little bit kind of gets you a long way type of thing you can actually use it to kind of sculpt cool things the stems are super sturdy so you can create a little more of those fun um, organic modern moments in your arrangements with smilax used in them so that's one that we love we do like a smilax she's just easy right now it really is yeah, some of the ones that like Rachel and I were talking about were like lemon leaf, olive leaf, uh, y'all olive, olive leaf, or fig leaf. Oh my gosh, that is if you are mourning the loss of eucalyptus, check out olive and fig leaf. Yeah, that's what that I would say that they're your new friends for sure. Some of these like leaf silhouettes also can hinge upon your design obviously if you're going in a more tropical direction and look at things like monstera palm 
banana leaves. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit big, but depending on what you're using it in. Right. Because we're not just talking about handheld bouquets. We're talking yes. about any any place that you're putting flowers either on a table, in your hands, as a backdrop, on the floor, in the ceiling. There are so many different ways to use flora that depending on where it's going to be, you can mix it up even more. Magnolia leaves. You did oh, that. Oh, yes. I yes you know it's the louisiana state flower so it appears a lot in new orleans weddings which is if you heard my last episode something that some somewhere that i am frequenting um but yes it's there's just so much out there so many different things magnolia leaves fun fact are also great because typically magnolias are not a flower that you can use in arrangements because they bruise when you when the oil of your hands touches the petal so magnolia leaves is like the kind of consolation prize (laughs) you can put a big fluffy white like peony or something like magnolia adjacent with a magnolia leaf and it'll essentially have the same effect because you really can't manipulate magnolias in in floral so there's something to take home with you maybe you learned something today maybe you didn't but we think that eucalyptus is she's had her time and we really appreciate her. We really do. I know I was designing with eucalyptus in the earlier days of my company. And I think it's time to experiment and to, to give some other greeneries a chance. And I think you may like them. So don't don't mourn too too long. Yes, agreed. Um, wow. So that's it. That's our episode. That's our, our show. Are we a show? Do we count as a show? I think when we get video, Is we can start calling entertainment? it entertainment. Um I'm entertained. Is- that's our episode um if you would like to submit either an indictment or a obituary a funeral uh question (laughs) anything like that you can go to www.cordiallyindicted.com and you can click submit your indictment there are options there where you can send things into us and we will you know feature them here on the pod if you have any questions advice or topics that you want us to cover feel free to submit them there as well and until next time happy planning (laughs) yes happy planning whether you're a vendor or a client keep your head on straight you got this and trust your gut and do what you wanna nice